Welcome back into the Card Chronicle podcast. It is Thursday, September 2nd. We are a meter, what, four days away from Louisville football. Cards taking on Ole Miss Monday night, 8 o'clock in Atlanta. Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Excitement is high. Palpable buzz throughout the area. Mike Rutherford here in Louisville. Danny Sennard in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it's been a while since we've done this. It's been a, a few weeks. Launched the new radio show. Um, have been getting ready for now the, the second birthday party for the girl. Still waiting for this boy to arrive. We got a, a few weeks left on that front. Keith Wynn had his baby. Uh, he's been hey. uh, up with that. Dan, I don't know what you've been doing. We, we don't. We really no excuse on your end. What has been going on with the Snars the last two weeks besides going to a million lakes this summer? Yeah, I'm actually headed to uh, another lake this weekend. Uh, it's like this is. I think this is it. Uh, the, the summer of a thousand lakes. Um, we're actually heading to Chris Mack tor- territory. I think we're going. Or I know we're going to Nolan Lake, or is it Lake Nolan or Nolan Lake? I don't know. Nolan Lake, um, but should be a good time. But other than that, yeah, I mean, weekends have been um, just trying to keep the kids entertained. Really, uh, Cam is is playing soccer, um, so we we've been doing a lot of that. But I'm. I'll tell you right now, I walked out the front door this morning and that crisp air hit me right in the face and I went six to midnight. I mean, it is pure <laughs> football season, baby. It is here. Um, and it's just such a bigger excitement level, even though, you know, uh, health wise or COVID wise, there's still some stuff up in the air, but it's, Nothing like last year. We're going to have fans in the stadium. The atmospheres are going to be back. Uh, could be more excited. Um, but on that note, what is, uh, what is the birthday plans for, for Little Miss Virginia? Uh, well, we're having, we're doing it on her actual birthday, which is Sunday. Perfect timing right before the first game of the year. Just like not busy at all. Definitely. We did pictures this morning at the, the waterfront for her two year old pictures. Um, we're doing an ice cream themed birthday party because we felt like that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, we, we felt like that was safe. I mean, kids, their interests change week by week. So we didn't want to plan like a whole, um, like Peppa Pig party and then have her not be into Peppa Pig right when, <laughs> you know, the birthday started. So we're having, I mean, she's still super, super into Peppa Pig. It's, it's her big thing. Peppa Pig and Minnie Mouse are the two stars in our house. Um, so we're doing like, Peppa Pig cake toppers, because uh, she's big into birthdays and cakes. She sings happy birthday now every night. I'm uh, a big, big daddy pig guy. Big daddy pig daddy guy. Pig. He, he is. He, he's a first-class father out there. Pedro Pony is dope. Uh, Zoe Zebra, fantastic. Peppa herself, kind of annoying. But, yeah. but she's actually, she's really into George Pig. For some I love when she says George. It really just kind of sends chills up my spine. She's like, George. George Pig. George Pink. It's always, it's never just George. It's George Pink. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's still big into Peppa, so we're gonna incorporate that in the party. But just family's coming over to our house, which means, uh, like all day, Saturday and Sunday, I'm gonna be asked to do stuff, and my wife's gonna be frantic and stressed, and my weekend's gonna suck, but then I get football on Monday, so it, you know, it's, it's all worth it. Yeah, no, I mean, birthdays, like, I mean, of course they're special when they're your kids. Um, but there is like, once you get through the birthday and the kids are down for the night, you can crack open that cold one. It, it just hits a little bit different knowing that you got through the party. 
I can't wait for it to be over. I'll be perfectly honest. Cannot <laughs> wait for it to be over. Already excited. We haven't even really started with the prep stuff, but I'm already very ready for it to be over. I but, mean, it, so ice cream theme, are we talking like bringing in graders ice cream or like? That's exactly what we're talking about. We got the I, graders. I love it. Little truck coming thing. We got the, the graders cart or whatever it is. We're setting that bad boy up. Uh, you know, she loves, she likes talking about ice cream more than she actually likes eating ice cream. When you, when you give it to her, she kind of doesn't know what to do. She sort of licks it and then like chews. She doesn't, okay. like she's got, she, she likes the idea of ice cream more than ice cream itself, but it'll be a good theme. It, it'll be fine. We'll have a good time. I'm excited that the families get to come over this year. Since last year, her birthday was actually on Derby Day. And, oh was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had like a few family members over, but you know, COVID was still, uh, going strong. Not that it's not really going strong right now, but it was definitely limited and a little bit different. So this year, everybody in our, uh, you know, extended families are coming. It's going to be, it should be a good time. I, well, at I, least, at least you know, with no derby on her birthday this year that you won't turn into a bad mood, like within the drop of a hat. Like last year, it's like, damn it, tis the law. It's like, happy birthday, Virginia. Yeah, 100% happened last year. I think I had, <laughs> I had the worst derby I've ever had betting wise. I shouldn't have even bet. <laughs> But it was like, like the family members are coming over and stuff, and I'm trying to entertain. I'm just like, God damn it, I'm for now. <laughs> it well, there goes happen. the pick four. Here, open your gift. Hurry. But Mary's cousin's husband walks in the door right after one of the races. He hadn't even watched the race and was like, Holy shit, I just won like $262 after I fucked up. Like, get the fuck out. Get out right now. That's the worst. When someone like comes in who you like know, like casually bets, and they're like, Oh my god, I just like hit a long shot on that lace for like $180 and you've been like studying all week. You're like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. He did a thing where it was like, who, he's like, how'd that last race end up? And I was like, oh, it was two six four. <laughs> and he's like, hold on a second. Hold on. He's like, <laughs> he's like, holy shit. I just won two. I was like, get the fuck out right now. <laughs> oh man. I've, I've sat through that too many times. I love now that I can also talk. And cuss right now. It's such a freeing feeling after doing the radio show for three weeks now and having to be like, that crap gets old. I'm like, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be a tough one to transition to after doing the pod for basically a year. And it's like, we're fucking back. Oh, nope, can't say that. We're back. I say that now as I, we're recording this like two hours before I have to go on air. So I can't wait till I just completely can't transition back into my radio self. And I'm like, this fucking Thursday, here we go. Catch Trinity High School fucking football on the big X. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, Big X wouldn't be happy about that one. Can I tell you, I had to, so I, we have in our network of whatever the media group is that owns our station, we have Trinity High School football games. They're not actually on 1450, but they're on one of our stations. And so I had to cut a promo where I'm like, hey, it's Mike Rutherford, Trinity High School graduate of Pro 3. You're listening to Shamrock Football and catch me every week. And I'm not allowed to say, I shit you not, I'm not allowed to say Big X in the spot because they can't have, like, an X reference during a Trinity game. I was like, oh, Lord. I mean, I, I went to school there, and I'm still like, yeah. much. I mean, there's Petty, and then there's, like, okay, guys, let's uh, let's get it together. The rivalries in this area between Trinity X and Louisville, Kentucky, it's just, like, so much little shit. But I kind of love it, so I can't really complain. Um, all right, let's talk. A lot has happened since the last time we did a podcast, um, and we're not just talking about the fact that we have rounded out another fantasy golf season without a single victory. It happened. Everybody's wondering how the, the whole fantasy golf season played out. We didn't win a tournament. 
three years, zero wins. Do we know what place we finished in in the whole thing? 36 out of 69 teams, which, to be fair, is our best finish in three years. Not bad. Um, so we're we're slowly getting better. We're improving. And, uh, and actually, and, yeah. I just looked 35th. Actually. Oh wow! Okay. So that puts us almost in the top half. We're one spot away from finishing in the top half of the of the league. So not our we had three top fives. Not terrible. A lot of not many missed cuts. Most of those were you and majors. That's okay. Um, yeah. We did pretty well. All things considered. <laughs> I'm sad about it. I, I get it's one of the things I get super excited about, like right before the season starts, and I'm like, God, I can't wait for this. By like the last like five tournaments, I was like, I'm just worn down. I can't even click on another golfer. <laughs> I'm just so worn and worn down of losing. You legit checked out and just didn't pick like the third or third. We auto picked, and I think Colin Morikawa missed the cut. Yeah, it was somebody, but what, whatever. We're moving on. We're past it. It's football season. Moving on, it's football season, although basketball had to kind of rear its head last Friday on my goddamn birthday. And, oh. I mean, that was awesome to deal with. Loved having that. Um, so we have that to talk about a little bit. But where do you want to start? Do you want to start football? Do you want to start with the Gaudio stuff? Um, head right I, now. Could, I could go either way. Let's just get the Gaudio stuff out of the way, and then we'll move on to football. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody knows what happened. We, 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 they released the tapes. We got the Dino Gaudio, the infamous meeting with Chris Mack. And I will say, like, I think the Card Chronicle podcast, we told you how this played out before anybody else did. I, I didn't see it anywhere else where, like, I laid out exactly what I'd heard had happened, um, before we even knew that this was going to be a thing, before the extortion came out. I said that the coaches got tipped off that they were going to be let go. And Gaudio, when he heard it from Mack, Stormed out of the office, came back with a printed list of violations and said, I'm going to expose you if you don't pay me money. And that's exactly, and come to find out, that's exactly what happened. But it was like, I, I don't know, like the six game suspension, we can talk about that in a second, but the actual audio itself, even knowing how this went down and knowing what was said and knowing that there was extortion committed, it was jarring to hear. Like I, I was like, Oh, this is what a, a federal crime sounds like, and it's Dino Gaudio doing it. Uh, it, it was just bizarre to listen to. I was taken aback. Uh, when it came out, I actually laughed really hard. I was like, I don't know why I'm laughing at this, but I am. I, I mean, I was howling listening to the audio. Um, Can it, I see why I laughed real quick? Yeah. <laughs> the part where I laughed, because I was like listening to it, like, oh, my God, this is crazy. But the whole, like, because Mac is taping it. So clearly yeah. he's, he's being... He's being level-headed. He's trying to kind of play everything close to the vest. But the part where he's like, Dino, sit down, man. Like, <laughs> I love you, man. I, love I know. Oh. I was like, oh, oh. I was like, this, is, I was like, this just sounds weird. I, I know. I know. Like, now, I was, know. Now we know what Chris Mack's poker voice and uh, kind of his <laughs> stance sounds like. He's like, come Dino. on, man. I love you. Dino. Um, I was like, oh. I, I know. Here's the deal. I, I, and this is – you guys have probably talked about this on radio and every show has talked about it, so we won't get too deep into it. I mean, at this point, it's it's it sucks that it happened. Um, I don't think anyone wanted to go down like this. I know Dino probably regrets what he did. I'm sure if Chris Mack could go back, he'd be like, why the fuck did I do that? Um, yeah. You know, the six-game suspension, I actually – I know people are pissed about it. I understand – I, I understand why it had to be 
thrown down that way because after the last administration, what went on, they, they have to set a stern example. Um, so I honestly don't have an issue with it. It's just the whole thing for me as a fan, it's just fatigue. Like I, I really like, I care more about what Chris Mack does on the court versus whatever this bullshit is that happened off the court. And I'm judging him by wins and losses and how I view his team and how much I think they're improving versus what happened here. So just get to the season. Don't fuck up the first couple games, even though I know he's going to be out. Like, don't start off on a bad foot. Um, show us that this new offense is, is you know, going to improve the team. And if you start winning, again, we've said it a million times, people will, will – I don't know, just brushing this under the rug is a thing, but they'll eventually move on if you win. So um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I hate that it happened. It's not a huge deal to me. I'm more worried about the wins and losses. I think the punishment's dumb um, for, like you said, I feel like I've talked about it on the radio, but if you don't, I'm sure there are podcast listeners who don't listen to the radio show, which is fine. Um, I think that everybody kind of fucked this up. Like Chris Mack very clearly fucked it up by taping the conversation and by not having anybody else in the room, not following UofL's extortion protocol, which it's so sad that we have one, but we do. Um, I think that UofL fucked this up by reporting it to the FBI. It didn't need to go that far. It could have easily been handled in-house, no question about that. And I, I think the punishment's because you, know, you mentioned the difference between this administration and the past administration – well, they're doing the same shit. They're self-imposing punishments before the NCA can get involved when every other case that we've seen nationally says there's no benefit to doing that. We've seen that ourselves. It's just if you want – if the NCA is going to get involved, so be it. Like let them do that. Let them make that move. You're not only punishing yourself for something that the NCA might not punish you as hard for. For instance, uh, Buzz Williams had very similar violations at A&M. He just got suspended for two games by the NCAA. But it's not only that. It's – you're giving yourself a PR hit. I know that they're trying, Neely Bendipudi and the president's office, they're trying to show strength, they're trying to show zero tolerance, they're trying to show that it's a new day and age. Nobody sees that. All anybody sees are the embarrassing details, Louisville being in the news again for negative stuff, and it's going to get rehashed again for an entire month when Chris Mack is sidelined in November. I just think it's a it's a total blind move. It was a, a stupid move to make. I think Vince Tyree, you could tell, didn't want to make the move. He was sort of embarrassed by the whole thing when he talked to the media on Friday. And I think it also showed there's a there's once again a schism between the athletic department and the president's office. I mean, I'm not the first person to say this. I know a lot of other people have heard the exact same thing. It sounded like Neely Bendapudi kind of wanted to fire Chris Mack for all this. And if nothing else, she's sort of building a case to fire Mack for cause should the need arise pretty soon. Because this, um, these videos apparently could rise to a level two violation. If they are a level two violation, that gives U of L cause to fire Mac again for cause, so they wouldn't have to pay the massive buyouts that are in his contract. It just all kind of sounds like it, it sounds like Mac is much closer to being on something resembling a hot seat than I ever would have imagined a week ago. And that's, I mean, we knew there was pressure on him going into this year. I think that that pressure is even greater than I ever could have imagined he he has so much to gain and so much to lose over these winter months scott Satterfield is sort of in the same boat but mac i think is closer to the edge than i really was aware of before last week 
Yeah, I mean, I see your point. I also think that um, President Neely, I think she was hired and she knew exactly like, hey, this is what the last administration did. This was the circus that went on. You know, this is what some coaches or some people did and they didn't get fired. Um, so I think part of her hiring process was, and she probably knew this going in and she probably gave a stern warning to, you know, to Vince Tyre, to coaches like, Hey, this is going to be a clean run program. I don't want to hear one misstep or one thing. And if you are, you know, the hammer is going to come down. And I think, that was probably already predetermined when she got hired that she was going to have to drop some sort of hammer. Is it a bad PR hit and unnecessary? Yeah, I think you're right about that. But I think one of the reasons she got hired was to clean up this kind of stuff. So uh, in in one way, I, I don't really blame her because I, I feel like it was almost uh, – I don't want to say it was like preconceived that if somebody messed up, you know, the hammer was going to get dropped, but you probably didn't want to be the first guy to mess up and have something get out publicly that puts you in the bad, in a bad light. And I feel like Chris Mack did that and she came down the way she did. Does it suck? Yeah. Is it over the top? I, yeah, I think it's probably over the top, but I also don't blame her at the same time just because of what the last administration did and what they let coaches get away with. Well, here's um, my issue, though, with, with all that, because I, I hear what you're saying, but my problem is, one, they showed – they gave us no clarity as far as what Mac was actually being suspended for. They didn't come out and say that this was because of the NCAA violations or because this whole Gaudio thing was embarrassing. The only thing that Vince Tyree said on Friday was – he didn't follow proper protocol by having another person in the room when he fired Mac and when he fired Gaudio and, and Luke Murray. Like if, if that's what he's being suspended for, six games is ridiculous. If it's for the NCA stuff, okay, but come out and say it. And the other thing is Neely didn't talk to the media on Friday. She didn't come out. Like, like there was no sense that this was her move outside of rumors, outside of buzz, outside of people behind the scenes saying this is kind of how it went down. In fact, Vince Tyree had to phrase it as though, you know, there was some sort of back and forth between the two, and this was what they agreed upon. So if, if she wants to be the person dropping the hammer, doing the no tolerance thing, that's fine. But come out and say it. Come out and say, I made this move. Here's why. And I'll take your questions now. None of that happened on Friday. She talked a little bit after the, the players meeting on Monday, but I mean, she answered like one question and essentially said, I've got faith in Mac and Tyree and they're good people and let's move on. And that was it. So I, I agree. The lack of communication is. It, it, it kind of baffles me um, a little bit. I mean, I, I do think if, if, you know, she was a little more straightforward about why it happened, then, then I don't want to say people would be more understanding, but the clarity um, w- would come to light. Uh, do you think, I mean, do you think Mac warned Vince Tyree about this firing before it happened? And if he did, why wouldn't like someone like Vince Tyree, maybe that's just not how it works, but I, I figure like someone like the athletic director, like that's a pretty big deal to fire your assistants. I figured the athletic director would, would want to be in the room or if there was a reason he wasn't in there, I, I, I would like to know what it is. But for Mac to do this on his own and record on his own, it just seems like out of character for him, but maybe I'm, I don't know. I, I just thought the whole thing was baffling. It was, the whole thing was botched. It's so clear. And I mean, you mentioned the takeover in 2017, the changing of the guard, and you know, new people are officially hired in 2018, and they say changes are coming. 
Things are going to be different. Hopefully some things, the good things, are still the same. And it's been the total opposite. Like, we're still dealing with an extortion case involving our men's basketball coach, who was the extortee, but still it reflects more poorly on both him and the basketball program. We're still dealing with a head football coach, flirting with SEC schools behind our backs. We're dealing with behind-the-scenes infighting between the athletics office and the president's office. Like, all of the bad shit that we were dealing with last time is is still around, and we're not winning. So we've, we've lost the good things. We've kept the bad things. This is worst-case scenario right now for UofL Athletics. My God. Like, Do you, do you think Vince Tyree should catch more game, heat? Scott. Do you think Vince Tyree should catch more heat than he's been getting? If I knew more details, I'd have a better way to answer that question. I think that – because to answer sort of what you were saying before, like he – Pretty clearly was not aware that Chris Mack was going to tape that conversation or that he was going well, to. Well, I'm not. I'm not even saying about this scenario. I'm saying about. I mean, he hired Mack. He hired Satterfield. You know, and I don't want to get into all the sports, but I mean, soccer has taken a huge dip. The hirings like, have not gone well so far. We can say. I that. mean, I feel like he's kind of skirted under the rug. Um, you know, and I don't want to say our coaches have been left out to dry because they obviously haven't. Pre- uh, perform, but the uh, the track record of hiring so far, and there's there, maybe there's sports that I miss that that are doing well, and I apologize if I'm bypassing those, but um, those three stick out to me. And like you said, I mean they they have not gone well so far, and things need to start changing. And I don't know, I I, I just feel like you know I don't think we should do anything with him, um, but I, I feel like he's not getting the proper heat. Um, that maybe some other athletic directors would get with some of these hires. I think it's it's a very fair point, and I think if if football and men's basketball have average seasons again or below average seasons again, I think everybody's going to start talking about that a little bit more because yeah, Satterfield and Mac have been they've they've been what they've been. You've got excuses for some of the stuff. You don't have excuses for all of it. Um, men's soccer has not been good under John Michael Hayden. Um, they're off to a little bit of a slow start. This year, uh, he brought in Holly April to coach Pitt. And to his credit, I mean, she was coming off an ACC championship year, the ACC coach of the year. She has not – the team has not been great since she's been here. And I do think, again, if, if football has like a 5-7 and seven season or even like a 6-6 six and six season and men's basketball is back to being on the bubble in March, then people are going to start talking about Vince a little bit more. I also wonder – just based on on kind of the chatter and based on Vince's own demeanor recently, you know, he signed a five year deal originally. I think it, it's going to run up it out in 2022. Like, I'm I would not be shocked at all if this is the last, the only contract Vince signs at U of L because he doesn't need the money. He's well off. This is all kind of a it, it's a it was a new challenge for him. I'm sure it was a fun endeavor. I'm sure it was fun at first. I don't think any part of this is fun right now for him. Um, I would not be shocked at all if in a couple of years he's just like, or a year and a half, I guess, he's just like, you know, that was, that was something. I, I think when he took the job, I mean, he expected these basketball punishments probably to be handed down sooner rather than later. Sure. And he was probably going to be the captain of the ship to kind of get us through that. And the fact that we're like, what, is this his third, fourth year? The punishment hasn't been handed down. Things aren't going great. When that punishment gets handed down, I mean, it's just going to wear on, uh, you know, if, if it's got to wear on him even more. I, I, I tend to kind of agree with you. I mean, it, it's, uh, 
I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what comes up, um, especially whenever those punishments do get handed down. That's the fatigue has just got to be unbelievable for him. Yeah, I, I think that is kind of a it's a good point because theoretically it would not be a shock if we could go the whole Vince Tyree tenure here without getting a punishment from the NCA or the IRP, however you want to phrase it. Like that's, that's fucking amazing. Jesus, completely within the realm of possibility, which is outrageous. Uh, all right, let's talk football real briefly. We're going to have Keith on, hopefully. I know he's, he's still dealing with the expanded family. Going from two to three, you know it's no joke. So he's handling that. But uh, we're going to try to get him on Sunday for a Monday podcast, fully previewing the Ole Miss game. But let's talk real quickly about this season, this game Monday night. If you're looking for a very quick Ole Miss summary, and, and this is honestly this is all you really need to know about Ole Miss football. I'm going to tell you right now. Defense sucks. Awful last year. Like, Literally, I think the 10th worst in all of FBS, the worst when it comes to Power 5 conference defenses. Offense, pretty damn good. Score a bunch of points. Quarterback, uh, Corral, very good. Beat up Tristan Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's son in high school. That's all you need to know. In front of everybody, at a basketball game, Dan. I mean, I'm sure that probably felt good to do. I, I you know, <laughs> uh, Gretzky's kid probably I, I've seen pictures of him. He he strikes me as someone that you would like to beat up. But um but that's besides the point. By the way, I'm a huge Lane Kiffin guy. I love Lane Kiffin. Um I, like he's kinda grown on me like a fine wine. I used to like not be able to stand him and I think he's kinda mellowed out a little bit. Um I, I loved like him and Nick Saban's relationship. I thought it was hilarious. But uh yeah, I mean thoughts going into it. I don't know. I mean, what the the line's been moving up, so that's a little bit scary. Um, the over under is one of the highest on the boards. What is it like? Is it seventy five or seventy seven? It's something outrageous. Yeah, um, I am. I mean, I'm optimistic about the defense. I really am. I think they're going to have a better year. I don't know if we're going to see that on Monday because I think Ole Miss is is so talented. My two worries going into the year. And and this is on the offensive side of the ball is one, we're going to need someone to step up at the wide receiver position. Um, I, I mean, losing Tutu Atwell is going to be huge. I mean, he's already, I mean, it's preseason, but you can see kind of the impact that he makes on a team. Um, and then two, man, I, I just, I don't like the depth behind Malik. I mean, I know Evan Conley had a nice year two years ago, but I mean, all it takes is, I mean, one injury to Malik, and the, I mean, it just changes the course of the season. So hopefully this year we're, we're getting out of bounds, we're sliding a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm glad that the offensive line sounds like it's going to be in really good shape. That's always a good sign. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. It's probably one of the bigger unknowns. Like, I feel dumb no matter what I predict because it could be the complete opposite either way. So I'm probably going to go, like, 6-6 six and six through the year just to be safe. Yeah, I, I've been totally off in both of Satterfield's first two years. I think I'll do my prediction post tomorrow, uh, Friday, and I'm leaning towards 7-5 and five this year just because – I feel like I need to go with what everybody else is picking. I went overly harsh in year one. I think I predicted them to go three and nine. And then I was overly optimistic last year and that totally failed me. And so this year I'm just going to kind of do what everybody's doing, which is saying, eh, probably six and six, seven and five, maybe eight and four. That's where I think every single person, I haven't seen one prediction outside of that from anybody. So it, it makes sense. I, I just, 
I don't know what to think about this team. I think one thing that probably deserves to be talked about a little bit more is what the fuck do we do if Malik Cunningham gets hurt? Because yes. like Evan Conley, I don't think is, you know, he is what he is. He's a solid backup. He's kind of Will Steinish in that regard, maybe a little bit more athletic than Will was, but not a guy who you can see leading like a true contender or a top tier team in a power five conference. And then behind him, we've got nobody. We've got Brock Doman, who was a bad Juco quarterback, uh, but his name's Brock and he's, he's sort of thick. That's, he's got that going for him, but I, I don't know what we would do if we got past Malik. And, and the thing, like Malik's been banged up throughout both of his seasons as a starting quarterback. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, can we do the thing this year where we don't take like five minutes to get off the ground after every big hit? Like Malik's been big on that the last couple of years and it scares the hell out of me every time. And then I'm like, by the end, by the end of last year, like he would like go down. I'd be like, all right, he's fine. He's just got to stay down there for a minute. It um, is when your kid does it, like like when you have like a, a small child who does it like over and over again, and finally you're like, get up, Cam. Like <laughs> he's fine, everybody. And then like you feel terrible the one time they're actually hurt. Like, exactly. Yeah. No, my parents did that with my sister one time. She like you know she always kind of was she, she was dramatic, but she fell one time. We were playing that game pickle in the backyard with the baseball and some, with some neighborhood kids. And like I tagged her out and she fell down and hurt her arm and she was like acting like she was hurt. My parents were like, you're fine, you're fine. And finally she kept complaining enough that they had to take her to the hospital and she had a broken arm. Like that's how I feel like with Malik Cunningham now. Every time he goes down, I'm like, come on, man, come on. Like if he, if he stays down this year and is out for a considerable period of time, I'm going to feel terrible. And also the season's probably over. So we, we need that not to happen. Yeah, and, like, I just – I don't know. I'm, like, overanalyzing this. I'm like, all right, we got new receivers. Like, you haven't heard too much buzz about them. Usually when you get new receivers, like, at, at the beginning, it's hard to create separations from from the defensive secondary, which means Malik's going to be holding onto the ball longer or running more, and I just have, like, worst-case scenario in my head. Um, but – I don't know. I mean, it sounds like we're loaded at the running back position. I I do trust Scott Satterfield's offensive scheme. Um, I'm glad that he's going to be pa- calling plays this year, so that should be exciting. Uh, I don't know. Like, it, it, I'm I'm glad. Like, it's kind of fun going into the year blind, not knowing what you have, but it's scary at the same time. So uh, I'll be just as interested as everyone else on Monday. Yeah, I don't think any single result could really shock me. Like, I'd be. I mean. Outside of something extreme, like I'd be shocked if they went ten and two, or if they went three and nine. But anything in between, I'd be like, yeah, I, I can definitely see that happening. Um, I, I, this Ole Miss game, though, it's a it's a weird start. I think we know the Ole Miss offense is good. I think we know they can talk about improvement all they want. Reading between the lines and listening to Lane Kiffin's comments this week, I think their defense is still going to be shit. It may be a little bit better, but I think it's still going to be bad. My question. Like my the biggest question I have is, can the Louisville offense be dynamic enough to keep up? Can, can you take advantage? Can Malik Cunningham? Well, first of all, like, like you mentioned, with the wide receivers being so unknown, do we have a couple of guys who can get separation and take advantage of their lack of, of talent in the secondary? And when that happens, can Malik Cunningham make the throws this year that he wasn't really making last year? Because I don't see us. It, I think the defense is going to be improved. Um, I still don't see us like holding them below 35 points or like 30 points. I can't foresee this being like, hey, if the Louisville offense goes out there and gives you 28, we got a real shot here. I think we're going to have to put up 40 to win this game. Um, and I'm not sure we can do that. Like my gut right now, I haven't settled on a prediction for the game, 
I've kind of gone back and forth all week. I'm kind of leaning towards they win, but we cover is where I am right now. I could see that. I it, it would be nice this year if I mean, yes, I I feel like our offense is going to be able to move the ball, um, but it would just be nice to steal like some points from either the defense or special teams or something like every once in a while. It, it feels like last year. It was just long drive after long drive after long drive, starting in your own territory. I know, yeah. like, it's got, you know, we, we got the new punter in Satterfield's been talking about field position on all the, you know, TV shows and radio shows that he's go, going on. So obviously that's going to play a factor too, but we just, we just got to steal some points somewhere. And I think if we can do that, you know, I, I'm guessing Scott's a, t- a, a guy that likes to play with the lead. Um, so he can kind of lean on that running game. So let's just get off to a good start early, put some pressure on them, um, get them in passing situations, and hopefully we can come out with a W. Scott's a coach who likes to play with the lead. Unlike those, <laughs> unlike the other ones. <laughs> Scott, God, God damn! About Scott is that he uh, likes he likes having the lead in football games. It makes him a little bit unique in this sport, but that's him. Um, here's my, one of my bold predictions for this year. And I don't even know the guy's name right now. I think this this Australian punter is going to be the most popular player on the team. I think people. What, are, what is his name? Do we know? I don't know. It's bad. I know he's 26. Um, I should probably know it at this point. Uh, Mark Vassett is his name, or Vassett. I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but I think this dude's just going to like rip punts Australian style, like just just flip field position constantly, and I think we're going to be in love with him. I, I, I'm I mean, to do his I, mean I, I still have the image of. The opening possession last year, like the first punt getting blocked in the end zone. So pretty much it can only go up from here, to be honest. It's like our season literally started with our punter arguing with the fans in the crowd. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, 2020 might not be great. Uh, oh, yeah. That, no, I, I was out to eat and, like, I was like with people and I was like hyping up Lowell. I'm like, we're, went to a bowl last year, beat Mississippi State. Like, I think we're going to make some real noise. And then like, they're like, what happened on first possession? I'm like, oh, we just got our punt blocked in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was such a perfect way. And then we never heard from him again. And now he's not on the team anymore. Um, all right. Let's take some questions here. Again, we'll do a, a full on preview with Keith, hopefully uh, coming up here on Sunday. So you'll have that to listen to on Monday uh, on game day. Questions coming up here. We got a bunch. We'll get to as many as we can here. Um, let's see. I want to start with you. Alan says, does the lack of a single guy standing out at wide receiver make you concerned about the overall level at that position group? Yeah. I mean, yes. Yes, it does. We've heard, you know, you, there's been several stories written about Justin Marshall potentially being the guy who could step up uh, and be that new alpha guy, take the, the bulk of targets. Braden Smith played a pretty large role at the beginning of last year and then didn't do a whole lot as the season went along. Uh, Tyler Harrell's gotten a lot of notoriety for uh, just his speed. Jordan Watkins, local kid, another speedster, is penciled in as a starter right now. Um, but we don't know, like, and I don't think the staff knows exactly who the best three or the best two are that they've got. And I think you're going to see a lot of guys just run in and out for the first three or four weeks of the season so they can figure out, you know, who the alphas are. It kind of reminds me of um, during the Cragthorpe years when we lost, like, Harry Douglas and Mario Rudia and all those guys that had been so it's good. Scott, wasn't Scott Long the guy that stepped up? It was, yeah, and it was supposed to be, like, Scott Long, it's his time now. And, like, 
he was fine. I think he had a lot of potential, but he never quite lived up to what we always heard about from him in practice. And honestly, what we saw from him in practice, I remember going to practices where he was just, he looked like a night, like a future all American, uh, but it never really happened. And we just kind of, you know, the, the he had like a DL, like one of the louder plays in Cardinal Stadium when he caught a touchdown late against South Florida. South Florida. Um, I remember that game, but no, you're exactly right. It's exactly what it reminds me of. And the thing is, like, when I'm looking for guys to step up, I'm like hoping it's someone that like either was redshirted or wasn't on the roster last year because. Usually, if you're asking a guy to step up that's, like, been on the team for a year or two, like, you most of the time you kind of already know what you have. I know I've heard Keith talk about how he's high on Justin Marshall, and I'm not saying that he's going to have a bad year or anything uh, by any means, but, I mean, he's been on the roster a couple years, and usually you would see flashes or, you know, some sort of plays made um and for him to make that just huge leap it's kind of hard to expect a guy to do that so i don't know hopefully there's some unknowns or they're playing things close to the vest uh i want to i'm crossing my fingers that jordan Watkins is that guy that would be awesome um but we'll have to wait and see i guess yeah that old miss touchdown by the way i'll never forget like that's when the craig torbera ended because it was year two we went to five and two after we won that game. We beat them. They were nationally ranked. It was like a huge deal. And then we didn't win another game that season. We lost to like the worst Syracuse team of all time the next week and, and then lost five straight to end the season. But it was a cool touchdown for Scott Long. Uh, let's see. Question from Kirby. Do we know what Ole Miss will be wearing on Monday besides an L like that? Um, we're wearing the all reds. I'm assuming – I don't think that Ole Miss has put out, like, a uniform reveal, but they've got to be wearing white, you'd assume, if we're going to be in all red. Yeah, I mean, they do have those, like, baby blue jerseys that they've worn before, which are awesome. They are. Um, But I don't know. Gosh, I really – when they tease the uniforms, I know everyone probably talks about, like, I can't believe how much I wanted the murder bird back. I was like, wow, I'll never forget when the murder bird came out. I was like, what is this? And like now I'm like, God, I want that murder bird. It was def- it was so weird and so bad <laughs> that like I had to fully embrace it. I was like, I still have a murder bird t shirt that I still wear. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting that t shirt. Uh yeah, I, I wanted it back. Or some like new, even more demented version I thought would be would have been really funny, but whatever. I I'll live with you. I my like reaction, I don't know what yours was. <laughs> Like, I didn't see any difference in the. <laughs> it was like me clapping, like looking around, to, like see if anyone else noticed the change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are we all seeing the same thing? Like, I kept yeah, waiting yeah. for there to be like a graphic where like it flipped to the new ones, and I was like, oh no, we're just wearing this. When you look at the shoulders, there's like a little bit of difference, but it's... yeah. If someone asked me, I'd have been like, it kind of looks more red. Like yeah, that's really I'm... what I would have said. Well, it it is. That that's the thing. These are supposed to be like color rush jerseys, um, but. Yeah, whatever. I, I I like the all red look just because it makes me feel like it's a big game. I feel like when we go all red, it's it's a big deal. Usually it's only Kentucky, but we're doing it for this game, so I feel good. Um, let's see. Fully Vax Diddy says, "Do you all want the Dodgers or the Giants?" Oh my God, to the Giants, a hundred percent. I mean, have you seen Max Scherzer on the Dodgers in a one game playoff? This guy has like given up a run in those last like three or four outings, like. I would literally already be like, well, we're losing this game if we have to go up against Scherzer. But knowing the Reds, we're not even going to make it there. I can't even talk about it right now. 
Yeah, I mean, the Reds are far from a sure thing to make the wild card. I'm still tracking Dodgers games every night. Like my oh, kids. me too. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, step it up. Like, stop it, Rockies. But that's uh, – <laughs> That's where I am right now, but I'm yeah, I'm with you. I, well, I'm, I look at the Giants' rotation, and I don't even know who they'd throw in a one-game playoff besides, like maybe Kevin Gosman, like former Red or um, Cueto, even like their whole pitching staff is former Reds. They have Alex Wood, Johnny Cueto, Kevin Gosman, and and Anthony Discofani. So I, I I do feel confident against any one of those four versus. Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, I know that. I mean, the best players in every single MLB playoffs are shitty former Reds. Like, I yeah. just feel like, and it, we always run into them whenever we do make the playoffs, and I don't even know half the time that they're on the other roster. Like, I feel like we'd play the Giants in a one-game playoff, and it'd be like, is Alex Blandino batting clean <laughs> for the Giants? Like, how does this happen? Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I, I, would, I would much rather play the Giants, even though, you know, we call them Halloween Town. Oh god! In October, it's my whole rationale for why they're good in the playoffs is because it's Halloween. It's Halloween colors. Terrifying thought, but I I don't know how the Giants are good. I look at the roster, I just don't understand it. So yeah, I would openly root for the Giants. But uh, having said that, faith is dwindling in the Reds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't have to get too much into it, but the the last week of play has has uh, has left a lot to be desired. My favorite thing about when we get questions about the Reds is we talk about it for like five minutes and then we're like, we don't need to get too into it. <laughs> we don't need to get too into it, but on a 2-2 count, train. if you don't want to lay the butt down, that's fine. We're like breaking down the triple A call-ups. <laughs> Aleo's back up. Uh, all right, let's move on. With Malik, uh, this is from Corey, with Malik being dubbed a super senior this year, what superhero do you think he'd be from Marvel or DC? This is not a question that's that's suited for this podcast. You and oh, I are no. comic book people. No, not, not a comic book guy. Yeah, I'll say Spider Man, and I've never <laughs> even seen a Spider Man. I can't give like a like like a uh, nerdy comic answer because I don't have I, I don't know any like the the secondary characters. Is Spider Man so actually Marvel or is he just Spider Man? Like oh, I know like Avengers and like that old deal. Marvel, right? Okay. I think uh, yeah, I don't know. This is bad. This is people are judging us right now. Help um, me, I'm poor. Yeah, Catboy says, "Do you put <laughs> Catboy? Catboy says, "Do you put a lot of stock in Matt Jones having on the guy who thought Patrick Baker was innocent to also vouch for UK players accused of felonies?" Look, I'm I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what happened at this party. I will say that just following the media blitz and the PR like like blitz that UK has put on this week, we all know how this is going to end. We all know what the uh, the grand jury is going to say. This case is not moving forward. Nothing's going to happen to these guys. There may be like Tizzo may get may get suspended for a game or two. They're going to all play football this year. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Just a hiccup. Just, just a, hiccup a hiccup and move on. Just a hiccup. Gil Bolberg says, "What makes you optimistic that Matt Cross can be an it can be impactful at Louisville?" considering he only averaged seven points per game on a terrible Miami team. And then he also says, who should Kentucky hire when Mark Stoops gets hired in Nebraska? Well, like, I'm not overly optimistic that Matt Cross can be impactful at Louisville. Like, I think it's it's possible. He's a six foot seven dude who can really shoot it. There's no question about that. I think the staff really likes him. Chris Mack, in particular, has been kind of enamored with Matt Cross. He was sort of the one who, who went out there and vouched for him to come here. He Maybe it was because he he liked the way he played against us, but like I think just I think he's a good passer. 
I think he's a, a good shooter. He fits this offense well because we're going to have, hopefully, every single year, dynamic guards who can create shots for the guys around him. We didn't have that last year. I think he fills that void. I, but he, he's one of, like, nine guys on this roster that I'm very curious to see how he gets used. Like, I, I've got no idea what to make of his role on this team, whether it's just this season or next year. But um, he's interesting. I mean, you know me. This guy's right up my alley. Like, a guy that can shoot threes. Um, I mean, I saw enough of him just against us where I'm like, okay, I think we can use this guy. Like, just give me someone that can make threes. Like, I, I – I don't know what the rest of his game's like. He seems like he has a big enough body to where he'd be able to drive and, and play inside a little bit. But um, I'm usually enamored with these guys, so I'm going to give him a, uh, a a shot to really make an impact this year. Um, but, again, I don't know what he's like on the defensive end. I know he was highly touted coming out of high school, which I always like. Um, but we'll see. But I, I know I'm excited to watch him. Can you imagine being a Nebraska football fan, well, ever, but especially right now, to like, to the point where for the last, ever since the holidays last year, you're counting down the days. You've got a calendar. You're putting an X through every single day, counting down to football. You feel like this is going to be the year. Scott Frost is going to get right. You got the offensive line. You got the wide receivers. And then bam, you lose to Illinois. And two days later, you're talking about bringing in Mark Stoops next year. <laughs> like this is, I, I can't imagine living that life. Like, they got to be happy for exactly, like, eight hours. They, they had game day, then the game started, and then, bam, it's over. It's gone. It's done. Like, that would – I don't know who you bring in at this point, but if, if Kentucky did lose Stoops to Nebraska, which I don't think they will, Stoops hasn't made it, Kentucky. He gets he gets yeah. a bonus every time he wins seven games. Like, like, he is God at Kentucky, and he's had one decent year, pretty much. Um, he gets SEC money for technically being an SEC school. I would never leave if I was Mark Stoops. But if he did, I've got no idea. They'd probably just promote Lee and Cohen because they're all up his ass right now if they score, like, 20 points per game this year. But, yeah, I don't know who they would go with. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I mean, if you're, like, looking at the fall of Nebraska, like, I think as much as it has to do with, like, the actual location of the school itself, like, I think people have smartened up over the years and are like, I don't really want to go play like in the middle of Nebraska when I can go to, you know, Florida or LSU or, or places like that. Um, but I mean, there, there's no doubt. Uh, I mean, I don't think Stoops would leave Kentucky. Like you said, he hasn't made, um, but I don't see Nebraska, no matter who they bring in, getting back to prominence anytime soon. Danny says, should you start a new tradition by sending out a daily morning tweet telling U of L fans uh, what email slash text you proceed for you for the day? No news, good news, neutral, boring news day, bad news, bad news. Go ahead. Yeah, this is all about. I got the text the night before the uh, the the audio stuff broke, and it's always terrifying. And I know I let you know, but it was just like, hey, bad news coming tomorrow. It's basketball related, and like the way it was phrased was all I've heard was it's bad, bad. And when I hear that, like, I'm thinking program might not exist tomorrow. Like, like, is this something new? Are we actually getting a postseason ban for the Gaudio stuff? Is the IRP way out in front of the game or way farther along than we thought they were? Like, my mind is just going crazy to the point where, to where I actually, like, was relieved to find out that it was just the coach getting suspended for six games, which is outrageous and makes you sad for where we are. But yeah, like, every single time I get that, like, bad news coming text, it's never, it's never fake. It, it's when, never 
admit wrong. When when you sent that text, like I thought I was mentally prepared to handle the IARP results and punishment that we're gonna get. And then you sent like bad news coming tomorrow, and I can fully admit I am not ready to handle whatever news that the punishment is gonna be. I was like already like well, here we go. God damn it. We're missing two years of the tournament. Like I had like just worst case scenario. Like, and obviously you had to talk me off the ledge and saying like, I don't even think they reviewed our case yet or anything like that. So it's probably not that, but, um, yeah, I'm not like as much as I want to say like, all right, I'm prepared. I know it's coming. So when the news hits, I'm going to take it in stride. Like I'm totally not going to be able to handle it no matter when or where I hear it. You were on the verge of just completely pivoting and like, <laughs> Ken visors, just be you. It's, it's God's season, baby. I'm all in. I literally think I said I'm gonna become a NASCAR fan. <laughs> uh, question from Jacob says: If you could have one or the other, would you rather have Charlie Strong never have left U of L, or the scandals never happen and Rick Pitino still as coach? Oh my God, Rick Pitino and the scandals be gone. Yeah, I mean, kidding me? The, I mean, don't get me wrong, but. When when Charlie had it rolling, it was great. Um, the scandals are like in the whole athletic program. Like exactly, yeah. I, the basketball I, thing. I don't think it's it's even a competition. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're talking about like possibly like you said, the scandals are plaguing like us right now. And the thought of still having Rick Pitino here with with just like a, a clean record would be awesome. But I would 100 percent would. Rather that not have happened. Uh, Toby says, "Will the pain ever stop?" Probably. I can't make any guarantees at this point. Scott, get that visor on. Let's do something Monday, buddy. We we on, we need good news like we like we never needed it before, man. Win the game, Scott. Don't get blown out, Scott. Please, yeah. God. Do not do not go down twenty-one nothing early. On my mind, I, I mean. You were talking about like fans being in a dark place. If it's like twenty-one nothing in the first quarter, like the tweets that are going to get sent out are going to be bad. I, I mean, I feel like there's people like storming the streets. I feel like we're <laughs> at our windows, and it's like, oh my god, I'm so sick oh. of this athletic program. I can just see it coming. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> Scott, Scott Reynolds, Reynolds style. <laughs> um, I like this question. Uh, Matt says, "What's your favorite Mickey Mouse Clubhouse conspiracy theory?" Mine is that Professor Von Drake created the clubhouse as sort of a matrix for the characters, and now Toodles has evolved into a rogue agent and has taken over. Uh, <laughs> one, I'm about to say something very controversial. Toodles is a bitch. I can't stand Toodles. Every time Toodles is sharing any semblance of personality outside of just providing the the mouse tools. He's a, he's a little bitch. Like, I, I just complains about everything, constantly crying, needs attention. Shut up, Toodles. Um, I guess my conspiracy theory would be, I mean, Mickey lives in that giant clubhouse, and yet his girlfriend, Minnie, and Daisy are being forced to share an apartment that has a ton of problems, always has problems. I feel like maybe Mickey is kind of the – he's like the Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Like he, he just is keeping everybody in poverty and sharing the all, all the luxuries for himself. That, that's as good as I can do there. I I just I marvel at you people that actually pay attention to what's going on. Like if it's not like the song, I I literally just black out. I couldn't tell you anything that happens on the show <laughs> besides they like pick a mosca tool out of a bot like 
a choice of a Moscow tool out of a box. But I love this song. It's one of the catchier songs out there. But just like every other show, I just don't pay attention. Like I, I legitimately, maybe I'm a bad father. Maybe that's it. I, I can't converse with my kids about what goes on in Peppa Pig or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Uh, but yeah, the, Props to you guys for knowing what's going on, at least. Why are you saying Moscatool? Or what? Moscatool. 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 The Moscow Mule. Uh, Thomas says, <laughs> love this question. Uh, <laughs> Thomas says, do you think there's a racial agenda by U of L to place heat on Chris Mack so that when he's fired or leaves, they can hire a minority? Oh, oh my God. I know, I know. Easy, lighthearted question. Yeah, great position to put two, like, middle-aged white guys in here. Uh, I don't, is there a racial agenda by U of L to place heat on Chris Mack? I, I mean, I've got no idea. I, I, I would hope not. I, I can't imagine that that's the case. I don't think that this is a, a racial thing. Um, who knows? I'm not ruling anything out, though. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. For that yeah, I'm, I'm not going to touch that question with a 12-foot pole. Stay back there, Dan. That's, we're fine. That's okay. Um, Rudy says, with Jared West being named a co-captain, do you think he ends up starting? All the projected lineups that I've seen have him coming off the bench. It's a fair question. I mean, he's the third grad transfer in four years under Mac to be named uh, captain or co-captain. The other two, I mean, Fresh Kimball at least started – his season as the starting point guard. And then Kristen Cunningham was a starter throughout Mac's first season. So there is a little bit of precedence there. I still like, it's hard for me to say for sure, just because I don't have a whole lot of inside info when it comes to how practices have been going. My guess would be as of right now that L Ellis is still your starting point guard, but I wouldn't be shocked if it winds up being Jared West. It seems like the staff is certainly high on him. So yeah, it's between, between football and basketball. I mean, I've never gone into two seasons with more unknowns. Like, uh, I think it's just unbelievable. Like, I have no idea what to expect or who's going to step up. Um, at least, I guess, from the guard position for Louisville. I, I, I know we have our, our guys like Malik and Jalen Withers and Sam there, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, I if I'm, if I tell you he's going to start, it's obviously just a guess. Um, I, I would say this would be my guess. I bet he starts at the beginning of the season. Um, and then I could see maybe by the end of the season, like some of the other guards maybe taking more of a prominent role. I can see that happening. Kind of the, the fresh Kimball thing, which is yep. sort of, uh, how that year played out. Uh, Rick says, give Dan the floor for one minute to talk about DeChambeau and or the Ryder Cup. Are you ready for that? Uh, you know what? The Ryder Cup is going to be wild because the u.s team like pretty much hates like they all hate each other they do um it's it's going to be absolutely wild uh the the by the way the dechambeau can't lay playoff i mean one of the best golf events i've ever seen it was truly unbelievable and then dechambeau obviously added to it with like the whole like don't walk in my backswing or whatever he said um and then they just went shot for shot there in the playoff but uh, I, I'm very excited for the Ryder Cup is so awesome. Like it's literally one of the more underrated sporting events. Um, I, I'm very excited for it, but it, it's going to be a tension filled locker room. That's for sure. All right. There you go. I think that's about a minute. Well done. Um, Cam Kelly says, will you and Dan be attending down, uh, downs after dark slash Louisville live? How awesome do you think the atmosphere will be? 
Uh, I, I'm hoping to be able to attend uh, when it comes up later this month. I'm not. I, I don't really know what to expect from the atmosphere. It's sort of we're now back to kind of where we were three years ago, the first year where Louisville Live was happening. Like I heard about the idea. I had no idea if it was going to work or not at 4th Street Live. I didn't know if enough people would show up. I didn't know if like the court would be would look cool. And it wound up being a huge hit. Year two was even bigger. And now I'm kind of back to not knowing exactly how this is all going to work. But, I mean, it's certainly – like the whole setup sounds very cool. Like intertwining Churchill Downs and horse racing with Louisville basketball is kind of a no-brainer. So it's cool that Churchill was able to work with UofL on this. It has the potential to be awesome. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, what what date is it? Um, do I we think, even know the date? I think it's September 18th, right? So it would it, it's two Saturdays from now. Gotcha. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, that's a, that's a uh, that's a no go for me. I got Cam's birthday that weekend, so I'm not gonna be able to make it back. But um, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, I, I I think I don't know. I mean, I, I I think the whole like Friday night at the Downs like is a huge success, anyways. And I mean, if you add basketball, which everybody loves. Um, obviously I, I think it can only be a success. I'm like, like, what if I'm just like, have all these crazy ideas in my head. Like what if Chris Mack like brings out a surprise horse? He's like, everyone meet Dino the dude. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this horse is trotting on, it's trotting on the court. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, should be a good time. <laughs> It's like this, like donkey. He's like, it's Gaudio. I, I couldn't believe how many times Dino said, "Dude," like that's why I like. He's like, let me tell you something, dude. dude you want to check this out, dude? dude? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how this is gonna go right now, dude. I mean, <laughs> the, between the the use of "dude" and the just liberal obscenities, I mean, it was. I've never been more shocked by audio. Just to hear it, like, I just yeah, this is gonna fucking go, dude. I'm like, oh my god, is this Dino Gaudio? Uh, yeah, I hope Mac makes some sort of reference to it. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just dying laughing. Now I'm thinking about more ideas. Um, uh, Jason Riley, WDRB Zone, best Twitter account in Louisville. Uh, oh, yeah, says, his Twitter's awesome. He, he says, if Mac swears off Kid Rock, does it buy him more time? Yeah, I think so. I think it would help with a lot of people. I, I My brother, like, loves he he's like dude you, like we just have different tastes in music like i don't listen to that kind of music but like he's like oh man kid rock concerts are just unbelievable and uh so i would i like chris mack to swear off kid rock yes um but i think it would probably hurt some people's feelings including my brother biggest biscuit radio zone says uh, how do you do a longtime customer how do you a longtime customer feel about the new ownership of theater x Really looking forward to hearing your thoughts here, Mike. Don't hold back. I don't ha- like, I don't have enough info about this uh, this story to, to to make fun of it or to, to make it properly funny. All I know is that it's um it's that adult superstore in Jeffersonville, which is it, like like Jeffersonville is kind of getting all this nice stuff. It's like it has that Torchy's Tacos and it's got a nothing bunt cakes and all this cool stuff in that area. But right off the highway is that gigantic like porn store, and it's just it's such an eyesore. And apparently they're uh, they're trying to to sue. They've been shut down, but they want to reopen as a similar adult business. But yeah, uh, I, I I hope it's gone. It, Just it give me the give give me the basics. Give me Cirillas in Louisville. Like we don't got to go across the river for something that extreme. Like just play the hits. 
I am, I have a fascination with those adult superstores that you see off the highway that are, I mean, th- those things are massive. Like, can, can we clip that sound there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time I pass though, I'm like, you see those things, they're gigantic buildings, they have huge parking lots, there's never anybody in the parking lots, but there's always like four semis parked behind. And I'm like, is this just a place where truckers go to like watch porn and get off real quick? Or like, how, I'm, I'm fascinated by those things. They've got to be fronts for some sort of illegal business because there's there's no way they're all staying afloat legally. No way. Yeah, this, this pod has taken this pod has taken a turn. Somebody let me know that they're also fascinated by this. But every time I drive by, I'm like like I got the daughter in the back, wife in the passenger seat. I'm like, who is going to these places? Like, what is what are they like inside? I, I have a lot of questions. Mary, I'm pulling over real quick. Hang on, I'm going in. You two stay in the car. I'll be right back. It'll only take a few minutes. Uh, Connor says, does your favorite school's athletic director trust you to consume alcohol while watching a live sporting event? Yeah, I don't know if you saw any of the – I didn't listen to it, but I saw the people tweeting Mitch Barnhart's appearance on KSR this morning where he basically was like, yeah, if you're rich and you pay to have a suite, you can drink, but poor people don't deserve alcohol because we can't trust them. Like that's that was basically his stance on the whole thing. And yeah, it's a it's a poor one. The guy the guy knows his fan base at least. Um, I guess so. Dude, I think yeah. Mitch, I think Mitch Barnhart's miserable. Like he strikes me as a guy who's just going through the motions right now. He's ready to be done. He wants like a a do nothing NCA board job. He's I know he's chairman of the selection committee. Fucked us out of the tournament last year. But I think Mitch Barnhart is just like the NIL stuff's over his head. He doesn't care enough about it. Everything's changing. He knows he's not going to be here in ten years. Like, Mitch is ready to be gone. He's ready to hang him up. Yeah. I mean, UK fans can, can wear on, on people, like, if, if you're not on their side. And I'm, I'm sure, like, there are certain issues, not just beer, that maybe they, they see through a different lens that he's like, God, I don't want to deal with this shit or have to answer these questions. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll never be team Mitch after that fucking stunt he pulled in March this year. So, um, he can, he can kiss my ass. Uh, CR for, uh, old stance by Dan Snard there. I love it. <laughs> Mitch Barnhart's gonna listen to this. He's coming for you. I'm sorry, Mitch. CR for cards says, should UFL appoint members of the media to coach the six Mackless games this fall? And if so, which game should you cover? Which game should Greer cover? Well, I want the Bahamas games, obviously. Uh, yeah. I think I could lead us to a win over Navy. I think I could make that happen. I mean, I don't know what to say other than the, that image in my head is like absolutely hilarious because I would 100% like make you wear like an absolute like Rick Patino style suit. Um, but it would be hilarious like you trying to get into the team huddle and you're just absolutely like no one's minding you <laughs> any attention at all. I would just like nobody, I would do nothing during the game. Nobody would listen to me. I wouldn't even stand up. But then I'd handle my post-game press conference like I did everything. I'd just be like, yeah, I mean, Sam was great. I got into him a little bit after the first uh, TV timeout to pick it up a little bit. I'd blame everything on Mike Pegues if it went poorly. That would, that's my whole thing. I would just. What uh, if you, like, sub Malik in after, like, 30 seconds for jogging back on defense? You're like, <laughs> you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Roosevelt Wheeler's, like, on one leg. I'm like, get in the game, Rose. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> Verse says, any word on Malik Cunningham changing his name to McK- to Michael? Uh, any chance of you therapeutically cursing on the pod just because you can't on the radio? I believe that's happened for the last hour. 
and says the radio show has been great, by the way. Kudos to being able to stay on track while playing 21 questions with your co-host. At Trevor, Trevor Kelsey, my producer, is he gets he gets sidetracked easily, but you got to keep him you got to keep him on the right path. Uh, it's going well, but I don't think Malik Cunningham's got another name change in him. Maybe he should. He was much better as McHale, but I think we're stuck with Malik now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't really have anything to add to that other than. Um... Yeah, I, I I listen to a little bit of the radio show, and Trevor seems like an awesome dude. I think he likes fantasy football maybe a little too much, um, <laughs> but other than that, I I uh, I enjoy the radio show so far. We did have a text the other day. I don't know if you were listening when um, somebody got cut off on the intro. Like our the equipment works thirty five percent of the time there. It's, we're definitely the underdog now. It's it's a little bit different than it was at, at iHeart, which I like. I think when Keith Wynn came into the show at the new studio, which is, you know, very small, it was like it used to be like a storage place basically for Evangel Christ, and Keith was like, "This fits you a little bit more," which I think he meant as a compliment, but I also was like, <laughs> "Really? Okay." Uh, but yeah, it's it's a little bit different. But some something got cut off in the text line. Like some guy was like, "He just got Danny Sonarded," and I was like. I don't know how many people are going to get that, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's going to be <laughs> uh, we can, We'll end on this one. I apologize. We didn't get to all the, the questions here, but we're going long on time. Uh, but Brian says, what are your plans for game day on Monday? Um, I'm not going down to the game. I'll just be – first of all, I've got to figure out if we're doing the radio show or not on Monday. I assume we are because it's a game day, but it's Labor Day, new business. I'm not exactly sure they handle this stuff. So I assume I'll be doing the radio show until 6 and then probably just coming home and – and watching it at the house, like I don't, I don't really have any any big plans for it. What are you doing, Dan? So I'll be driving back from from Nolan up to Columbus that morning. So I mean, we're looking at like a almost five hour drive with three kids. So oh. um, it, it's gonna be weird because like I'm going down to the lake tomorrow. So obviously I'm gonna be boozing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday like hard. Um, so it's gonna be up to me to to muster up that strength to get through that drive and then be able be able to put on a game face and drink more cocktails on Monday night. But I think I'm up for that task. So um, I kind of like that I'm watching it. Like I feel like a couple times, like we always go on this lake trip on Labor Day and either I know I went to the one game when they played Auburn, but I feel like I've had to watch some like Saturday night games um, with this crowd and not that they're like not a football crowd or anything, but I kind of like to watch some games like in, in soul confinement so I can just kind of let my emotions out. So it'll be nice to be home late game. Kids will be asleep. Um, and I'll, I'll just kind of be able to, to shout my own expletives in my own, uh, living room. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, after the, the madness of the week, yeah, it's going to be Virginia will probably go sleep like right in the middle of the first quarter. So I'll be able to just sit back and get mad about everything by myself for a few hours. It'd be fun. Um, apologies if we didn't get to your question. I know we had a bunch and we've gone a little bit long. Dan, do you have a, a Dan in the dumps for this week? Have- I can't believe I didn't even think of one. Um, I, I, I'm the worst. I don't have one. I'll have one for the next one. I know. I was, I, I kind of hurried on this thing and completely bypassed it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 if I'm, if I say one, it would just be a made up story. So I'll have to wait. I'm sure I'll have one after this lake trip. What an absolute ball drop right there. We've been I mean, did, I don't even know. I don't even remember what the last one was when I was on. Um, Tell an old one. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> this is so hard. I, I literally, um, 
I, I, I'll, I'll keep the suspense. I'll have a really good one next week. Uh, when we do it, I'll have a good one next week because I don't want to bullshit the, the listeners out there with some fake-ass jabroni story. One fun job. Yeah, that's that's my fault. All right, well, on that note, <laughs> podcast. Uh, give us a rating if you can. Write us a review. we got three new reviews to read here. We'll go out on this. Uh, Combo93 says, this is the worst World War One podcast. Absolutely zero discussion about how the Schlieffen plan was ruined by the mobilization of Russia. Pathetic. But he still gave us five stars. Appreciate that. Uh, T.S. Smelliot, love the name, says, very good. It sounds like they're recording a trash can with an Xbox Live headset, but it's really, really good stuff. Appreciate that. Uh, ARG, the title of the, the review is Get Mike to WDJX. <laughs> uh, he says, I've never left a podcast review before, but I'm leaving one for Card Chronicle. For someone who now lives thousands of miles from Louisville, I can always rely on Mike and the gang to bring me what I need to know about Louisville sports, but always in an entertaining way. Congrats on the new gig, Mike, but you strike me more as a DJX guy. Hashtag 99.7 for life. Oh, man. 99.7. I mean, like, I don't know what the age demographic of our listeners are, but, like, going to grade school in the mid-90s, like, DJX was, like, the song that was either on the bus or usually in my parents' car. And I, like, grew up on Peter B. 100%. I think Kelly K. was late to the game. Like, she was late 90s. She's is still Kelly there. Kelly K., is she still there? She's still there. Peter B. was, like, a priest at Holy Trinity a few years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. I swear. <laughs> like, I think we've talked about it on this show, but, like, a couple months ago, my brother came, my brother came and just out of nowhere, when we were drinking on the back porch at, like, 1.30 in the morning, he played played the youtube video it was like the sound clip they used to play on djx when i guess what the dj his name is mike shannon would come on it was like wildwood wildwood wild mike shannon bjx like i swear to god i hadn't heard it in maybe 15 years and i was i was like in tears i couldn't even go to bed i laughed so hard my name is Mike Shannon, and I'm here to say I party all night and I party all day. I, I kind of want to do like, what if I? I wish I'd come back to radio rebranded as that guy, like the ultra like like cokey radio guy. Like I'm a real wild one, wild one. If you if you somehow make like that your big X intro and like incorporate your name in there, my name's Mike Rutherford. I'm here to say like it would be. An absolute hit, no doubt. One oh four five one <laughs> radio. Hey, yeah, that would be. I kind of now. I kind of want to do it. I got a show yeah. from, like in an hour that I've got to do. I might just yeah. That may end up being the show. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks to everybody for listening. Again, we're gonna try to get a preview podcast for the Ole Miss game up. Uh, maybe Sunday night, uh, Monday morning at the latest. Look out for that. Until we talk to you guys again, go cards. Go cards.